a reading from the book of Ecclesiastes. For everything there is a purpose and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What gain have the workers from their toil? I have seen the business that God has given to everyone to be busy with. He has made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, he has put a sense of past and future into their minds, yet they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in their toil. I know that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken away from it. God has done this so that all should stand in awe before him. Now, a reading from the letter to the Romans. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him to receive a gift in return? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. The word of the Lord. San Diego Unified Schools start tomorrow. Many in North County have already started. It's the last day of summer, if you're a kid. It has been a good summer, a great summer. The lot's going on, but it has not been for me a summer without some heartaches. I often wonder about when the time is right or what really is the right time. As you all know, the summer I went to Kansas, we have a second cousin, it's actually on Rick's side, who died. She's my age, a pharmacist, brilliant, but she was sick often and had a very rare form of Alzheimer's that took her very, very quickly. She has two sisters, one of whom is a twin, and whom I'm also very, very close to. Well, not long ago, Patty and Cliff, the living twin, had a tornado fly over and onto their home, and they lost everything, flooding what they didn't, what wasn't ripped off. Now, 
If you're my age, you know that despite the fact that you're going to put everything on DVDs and protect them, you don't always get all those photos from forever on there. So there are memories, there are things that are lost in that. They put their home back together, rebuilt it. And then gender dies. And as I'm preparing, thinking the funeral is in July and we're about to, you know, I'm making plans to go back and I get a call when I am in Kenya from her son, Garrett, who's the same age as our youngest. Now, I normally don't get calls in Kenya in the middle of the night. Thank you all for that. But it was so strange, I texted him back and I said, Garrett, what's going on? And his parents, Cliff and Patty, had been in a terrible car accident. They were driving and a car didn't stop and T-boned her side of the car. Several broken bones. Slow recovery. The doctor gave her permission barely to go to her twin sister memorial. When I get there and I go and I meet her and I very carefully, you know, give her a hug and tell her how much I love her and then I, what's up with God that all these things are going on in your life all at once? This is like, what's the timing on this? And she looks at me and she goes, Jan, we're in a broken world. This isn't the kingdom triumphant yet. Things happen to all of us. I knew that. I mean, I'm a pastor. I'm a theologian, sort of. I, I mean, I, oh Lord, I have so little faith to see that God is really present. So look at that scripture. There is a season, a time for everything under heaven. What comes to mind for you? What are the things that stick out for you? You know, if you're a friend of ours and you're hanging out and a person of faith or if you're family, I get to, you know, kind of muse over my sermon with you. And uh, Rick had an idea for embrace and reframe from embracing, which we will not share here. But he, that was kind of one that came to mind for him quickly. Somebody else, a dance. I have to be honest, for me, it's the weeping, it's the mourning. 364 days ago, while I was on my way to church to preach, I had called my mother's assisted living to see how she was doing, knowing she was on hospice. It took forever on hold. And right as I'm pulling up to the church, they let me know that she's been unresponsive. A nice euphemism for my mother has died. There are seasons. The worst thing we could ever do, though, is to assume that we are in control of any of that. I think, in each one of us, we are kind of the um, hags of the world. Al Hag has decided, whether it's out of crisis, or out of nervousness, or out of self-confidence, I'm the one in control here. I'm the one in charge. And we think that so often. But actually, we're absolutely not in control and not in charge. He was a little confused. We get that. I think any of us might have done the same thing. 
God is the one. And the first thing we know to look at is the fact that there is a season. There is a time to be born and a time to die. For many parents, they plan very carefully when their children will be born, but I've got news for you that baby is not in control of that, though some of us think they are. You're not in control of when you are born. For the most part, you're not in control of when you die. That is what God is in control of. I just want to spend a few minutes looking at some of these and trying to unwrap them. What do these mean? Where is the God? When is the time right? I think often we, we don't see that or we miss that. We're not aware in the same way. We live in the chronos, in the chronological reality, but there are kairos moments opportune time that God brings into our life. We get so caught up that we forget that when we think a time to be born and a time to die, are we not, is that not part of what we do? Or, or how about planting and a time to pluck up what's planted? Plant with purpose is obviously close to my heart. In the first 25 years they existed, they planted five million trees. Last year, they planted, in one year alone, five million trees. And some of those trees absolutely are used for other things, but they are bringing life. There is a season, there is a time. Things that we do that help, that increase what God is doing as we understand it. There's a time to break down and a time to build up. I must be stuck on Reagan today because I remember in 1987 when he stood in Berlin, he said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. 2005, I was in Berlin and I saw where they had put part of the wall back together so that we might not forget. There is a season, there is a time. A time to weep and a time to laugh. Jesus wept. We think of the book of Jeremiah as the weeping prophet. Well, God is weeping, weeping, weeping in that book for Israel. Jesus comes into Jerusalem and weeps. He goes to the grave of Lazarus and he weeps. But there are times to laugh. Times in scripture where you break bread together, where you celebrate, where you do those things. Some of us get confused with the weeping and the laughing. Like when Corinna took scissors right next to her head and cut halfway around her long dark hair and I broke out in tears. I wept and then she wept. And then Rick came in and we all started laughing. There are times. When is that right time? The morning and the dancing. There's a book by Haig that says, do not sing songs to a broken heart as if your mourning did not count. There is a time to mourn, a time to allow that to happen in our lives. That's what helps us to move on to those moments of dancing. 
There is a time and a season for everything under heaven. A time to throw away stones, time to gather stones. Israel would take out a city, they would raise the wall, scatter those stones so they couldn't be used. But there's a time to gather them, a time in which they're useful, a time to embrace, refrain from embracing, to seek and to lose, to sow and to tear. There are times, there are seasons, we flow through life and it is God who is making that flow go through life. There is a time to keep silent and a time to speak. I think of our brothers and sisters in the Hebrew tradition. They sit shiva. You just come alongside and are silent and are present. Desiderata, the poem many of us know from Ehrman that was written in 1927, familiar words. Go placidly amid the noise and haste and remember what peace there may be in silence. As far as possible without surrender, be on good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly and clearly and listen to others. Even the dull and the ignorant, they too have their story. A time of silence helps us hear better. But a time to speak is appropriate too. A time to speak against that which is unjust, a time to speak for and in favor of those things that bring life and good and joy. When the time is right, speak. A time to love and a time to hate. Tim Keller, many of you know the name from Redeemer Church, wrote this about love. To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. That's the love God wants for us. Hate that which is unjust. Hate that which is ungodly. Hate that which is evil. But love to know and to be known. And then war and peace. A scripture is so often used at a memorial and Recently, when someone was saying, what are some of the scriptures? And I mentioned Ecclesiastes, and they said, oh, but it has a war. Or I just came from France. There are a number of things that stood out to me. When we went to Normandy, and on the way, Lionel, who is kind of the director of events, on the long boat that we were on, and as we were getting ready to go, and when we returned, he told us about being a boy, and he's probably in his early 50s, and as a boy, he ran along the beaches of Normandy and played. The war on the beaches of Normandy, where blood flowed, 
May that little boy have a time of peace, a time to play. In all our seasons, there is a time and a place. But the preacher doesn't end there. He goes on to say, what is it that we might even begin to imagine what God has done from the beginning to the end? And yet what God has given us is an ability to look at that beginning and to look at that end, to look at what is past and what is future and to, and to see in the moment glimpses of God present in the joy and the celebrations, even in the midst of the mourning and the weeping. God is present. God is with us. And God embraces us in a way that says whatever comes at whatever time I'm with you I am present and I am the God not of the God of what you decide but the God beyond you the God greater a God worthy of our awe worthy of our awe that's why Romans is so important in this. Now, it's not Reformation Sunday, and I know this is a really familiar text for Reformation because it talks about giving the glory to God. And again, those words echo not just on Reformation Sunday. They echo throughout our whole being that as we see who God is and what God does and how he welcomes us, that God is a God of seasons. God is a God of time. He is that Kairos. Now, I did go up to the choir retreat on Friday, hung out with them, and we all sat down to sing before we had vespers. So I'm in the back row, and I can sing a note. One, one note. I can sing pretty much on key. I think it's probably middle C, but I can do that. These guys do octaves. How many of you know who Axel Rose is? There's a few. Thank you. He has six range octave. It's pretty impressive. Somebody just passed him up. But six range of octave. I have one note I can sing. But it counts. And I'm sitting in the back and I'm trying desperately to read music, which I don't really know how to do, and to follow the notes and to go up and down. And it is such hard work, even for them, and they're good. But they do it because it glorifies God. They do it because they understand that God is in charge and God is the God worthy of our worship and everything we do, every season, every time is worthy of the glory of God. Johann Sebastian Bach faced death at the age of 10, he lost both his parents. Gifted musician. At 17, he began in the church to play and began to create. 300 plus years later, we still sing and listen to his music. And on every page that he wrote, at the very top, he would have these words. Jesu Yava. Jesus, help me. 
And at the very end, SDG, the initials, Solo Dio Gratia, glory to God. We could do well, friends, to begin each day with Jesus help me and let me live so that you may be glorified. Amen.